Welcome to the Home Project Podcast, where we talk about cultivating a thriving home and developing meaningful relationships. I'm Kelsey Harris, a therapist in training. And I'm Alicia Anderson, an intentional homemaker, helping women feel confident and authentic home life. This is where everyone has a seat at the table. All right, today before we get started, I have a secret challenge that Kelsey does not know about, and I'm very excited. I'm a little nervous. (laughs) I have um, talked to the men in our lives, which would be your dad, my husband, Jamie, your husband, Jordan, and your brother, my son, Jaden. I have asked them to each give me three fun facts about you. And I'm going to read them out, and you have to guess which one of them said it. Oh, gosh. Okay. (laughs) This is going to be fun. All right. So the very first fact is she's from Chicago, not London. Jaden. Yes, that is correct. Only because he recently (laughs) said that to me. (laughs) Okay. Um, She understands. Oh, sorry. No, wait. She doesn't understand the words in rap songs. She just likes the beat. Jordan. Man, they know you too well. <laughs> I thought we could stump you. No, because he, he was playing this the other day. He like, I like to, he has these Christian rap songs that we listen to in the right. gym. And I know the beat. And so I'm like, <laughs> and he gets, it bothers him that I don't know the words. And I'm like, it's, I, I know songs, song words, but I cannot memorize all those rap lyrics. So that's why I know. Um, she cannot wear more than two colors at a time. Ooh, that one's hard because I talk about that a lot. <laughs> I think Jordan. You are correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she loves you like an octopus. Like an octopus? Because <laughs> you like physical touch, I think, well, is this what that means. Anybody. <laughs> I feel like I want to say Jaden, but also I've had none from dad, so maybe dad. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I thought I could stump you on these. Okay. Nope. Uh, she can only clearly see 12 inches from her face. She's in, she's in, oh yes, that's it. What? I was combining two. I can only clearly see 12 inches from my face? Yes. Jade. Yes. Okay. The next one is she sings in the shower. Well, these are things that all of them know about me. Yeah. So who do you think said that? Dad. Yes. Man, I thought for sure I could stop you. Okay, this one I think you're going to know as well. She has the palate of a sophisticated 10-year-old. That's Jordan. <laughs> oh, is it 10 now? He used to say 7. You've been promoted. Sweet. I've grown up. You've grown That's up. That's because I've been trying a lot of new foods this year. So. And I'm so proud of you for that. Now, I, now I'm a 10-year-old. Love that. Yeah, that's the new, <laughs> what is it, one new food a week? Yes, one new food a week. I okay. now love cucumbers and they used to make me gag. So yes. there's that. And the last one is she gargles or growls when she's frustrated. <laughs> I know. They're talking about when I go, <gasps> Yes. Um, I want to say dad. Dun, 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 dun. I'm going to say dad because I feel like Ding. you had three from everyone. That is correct. That's just math. <laughs> that was so fun. there's a few fun that facts about fun. Kelsey. Kelsey had no idea I was going to do that. I'm going to have to do that for you. I didn't know that was coming. I just thought that would be a fun way to start today and then a great way for people to get to know you. So thanks for playing along. Yes, thanks and for sharing all my weird <laughs> habits that I have. You are such a fun person. So I was like, I wanted to be able to highlight some of those fun things. So I do love that Kelsey has sang in the shower her whole life. 
And when she first moved out of the house, it was such a big adjustment. We missed the singing all the time. And um, you lived with Uncle Tracy. Mm -hmm. And um, I think one day he had texted me or something and asked how I was doing. And I was like, I just miss her singing in the shower. And um, I think he had like, because you sing so loud, you can hear it anywhere. Like he had recorded it in the distance one day and just oh, sent gosh. it to me. And of course I like listened. I was like bawling. That's it's like, funny. I thought you'd want a piece of home or something. It was very sweet. That's really funny. You know, everyone says that to me that I end up living with because he even said, we recently saw him and I was humming and he's like, oh, that's what I miss. You singing in the house. And I was like, what? <laughs> I don't even really know that I'm doing it. So. Yeah. It's funny. funny. I, I know you and I have even gone into like target and we'll be humming together like yes. in harmony and people have commented about our singing we look at each other like we're like what do you mean we're oh. not singing <laughs> guess it runs in the family huh but you definitely I think sang far more than I ever have so I love that um today we are going to be talking about connection versus performance and this is a topic that is something I personally um recently have just been sitting with with the Lord and so we wanted to kind of highlight and um I know we've shared a few times, but I always want to share fresh. Um, I went through a, a three-month window where um, life was tough. Life was really hard, and I just spent a lot of time with the Lord. And in this season of time, um, the Lord was waking me up every night at 3.30 um, in the morning, and I don't know the significance of that other than I just had said, Lord, I will I will get up and pray if you want me to pray. And Literally 98% of the time, he woke me up right at 3.30 to pray. And one night, I remember getting up. I was tired, but I was like, okay, I will do this, you know. And I got up, and I sat on the couch, and I kept drifting off to sleep, and I was feeling guilty and prayed. And then I, as I was crawling back into bed a short time after that, I heard the Lord say to me, I don't want your performance. I want connection with you. And... um. It hit me like, uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> like I need to get back up because I realized that in my desire, in my desperation for him to answer my prayers, what had been a, a step of obedience because I wanted that more than I actually wanted connection. I wanted an answered prayer. It became a performance-based thing. Yeah. And so I was doing it to perform well. <laughs> in quotes, you know, perform well, because if I did that, then maybe he would answer my prayer. And I was really missing the heart of what the father was asking. And that was a deeper connection with him. And it impacted me in such a deep and profound way um, that out of that, God has really been stirring in my heart. What does it really mean to be connected to him? When we are in a performance-based mode, we do this out of a place of obligation or duty to fulfill something. When we're in a place of connection, we it's done out of a desire to connect and to know deeper. And I think the first and foremost place where we need to have connection is with our Father, with God. Yeah. Um, we we were built, we were created for connection and relationship at the core of who we are. And so when that's not there, everything else is really out of sync and out of balance. Um, it's our most basic instinct need, and we belong to God, and He loves us, and He desires to be in connection with us. Um, as a believer, our connection with God is really our primary source for safety and um, for a sense of belonging. And now I think so many times we look in so many other places for 
that connection and um, when we have not solidified that connection with God, then everything else that flows out of that is out of, out of sync, yes. really, at the heart. We are created in his image, and honestly, his desire is for us to co-labor with him in his likeness. So, And then that is something Bill Johnson had shared in a sermon I watched, and it really struck me deeply because when we are not in him, we can't be in his likeness, understanding how that works. In Romans 8.15, it says, And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into fear of never being good enough, but you have received a spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God, and you never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join with him in saying the words of tender affection, Father, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. And I think at the heart of connection is understanding that we are adopted into the family of God and that we have access and we have the full right to be with him as his son and daughter. Obviously, Kelsey, you are my natural daughter. When you come to my house, you know that you have access to everything in the house. You don't have to say, Mom, is it okay if I get in the fridge and, you know, have a snack or can I make a cot? Like you don't have to ask because you know that you have that right and that access as my daughter. It would be silly if you were like, you know, mm-hmm. can I? Can I have this drink from the yeah, fridge? You know, and when you were a kid, you did that. And I'd be like, you don't have to ask. You belong here. This is your right as a family member. And and just in that very simple example, like we have, right, and we have access to the Father and to the throne room to connect with him. Yeah. You know, something I think that happens in the realm of connection and versus like performance is we get one moment, one moment of connection with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then that, like you were saying, that turns into performance because we think, that that one way we've connected is now the only way that he will show up. Yeah. So it's not only connection, like it is connection first, but it's connection again and again and again. And it's like a fresh connection every day. It's like that he gives us our daily bread. Like he came for you in the night when you prayed at 3.30 in the morning. Maybe he wants to do it again, but maybe he would rather you sleep and then you wake up and then spend time with him. So I think it's like remembering you have to connect with him and then you also have to repeatedly go back. It's daily fresh connection, not yeah. once a week connection. Yes, you know? that's so good. It's like we talked about with the fresh bread, like assuming that what worked yesterday yeah. is not what we don't want to yeah. assume that that's what will work for today. And honestly, like I have said to the Lord many times since that season, I will get up at 3.30 in the morning if you want me to. Yeah. And only twice has he actually like woke me up to get up and yeah. again like that. It doesn't mean I don't have connection with him. It just looks yeah. different in this season. So yeah. I think that's really good. Well, I think that totally turns into performance. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, if I do this the way I've seen you come before, then you will come again. Which like, it's a dangerous line of the Lord is faithful and he always shows up. Yeah. But it's recognizing that there, he is endless mm. and he is wondrous and he's far beyond our our minds so to get stuck in the performance of like i do xyz and then you come that that doesn't that doesn't work because he wants you to 
come to him again and again. And yeah. Kind of. What do you think happens when we try and function from that place of performance rather than connection? I think that we get exhausted and burnt out because on in your own strength, you will never be enough. Yeah. You will never, you'll never feel satisfied if you don't understand that he is just there to love you and it's not, you know, I do this and this and then you come. So it's like you will beat yourself over the head with your Bible trying to sit down for two hours every day and read mm-hmm. your word and then you miss it one day and then it's like, oh, I'm, you're, I'm so tired and the Lord's not going to come today or his favor won't be on me because I didn't read my Bible this morning. Yeah, Like not that those things aren't important, but it needs to come from this place of love and connection like you're saying Yeah, and not well, I have to do this so that this will happen. I grew up, and this is just a very general thing, but I grew up in a lot of performance-based religion Mm -hmm. in the churches that we were in. And even my parents, and we've talked about it, like my my dad and my mom have both come to me and apologized for even projecting performance-based religion to me because that's all they knew. So sometimes... We become a product of our environment. What they knew, they project on us. Yep. What we knew, we project, you know, like I projected on you. And obviously we all have our own journey, but the church sometimes is really good at like, well, if you do this, we'll accept you. Or if you, it, we we create this tension and this pressure to perform a certain way to be accepted into the body of Christ. But that's not what the Bible says. You know, no. it says we are his sons and daughters. Wouldn't would you say for you helps you stay in connection with the Father, Kelsey? I think understanding that I have to stay in a place of love mm. and I cannot move from there. As soon as I move out of the love of God, the love of God will never leave you. But if I am turning my eye to it, yeah. I'm like stepping out of it. Then it's I'm striving. I am trying to tithe more than my 10% so that. I'll get more money or I'm trying to, if I pray for a hundred people, then maybe the hundredth one will be healed. So for me, it's daily waking up and going, God, how much do you love me? Yeah. And taking an intentional two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes to sit in that love. And then from that place go, like you get a revelation of how much he loves you. And then it's so easier to, so much easier to go about your day and understand how much you can feel his love for another person Maybe that person that like irritates you at work when you are covered in the love of God and you go to work, you're like, oh, like you just, it's a completely different perspective. So then everything you're doing when the Lord's saying, hey, go pray for that person. It's, I love you and I will do anything you ask me. Okay. And you go and do it. Not, well, well, I think I'm supposed to pray for that person. But if I don't pray for that person, like if I, if I don't pray for that person, then I'm not going to have the favor of the Lord. Like it's not this yeah. spiraling, you know, like it's just staying in that place of being connected to his love yeah. and flowing from there. Well, even not to come back to the earthly example, but I think it is easy for us to get our minds around. If every time you came to my house, you had to perform a certain way to stay in connection with me or you had to stay, yeah. you know, do it like. It would be like as if I come to your house and I'm like. Well, I'm going to sweep her floors and I'm going to clean her kitchen before she will sit on the couch and spend time with me. Yeah. Like, no. Or if I do all these chores and I'm, a, I'm an adult now, but if I was a kid, like. Right. If, if I do all my chores, then my mom will feed me today. Yeah. No. I'm <laughs> like, that's not. When we say it like that, it, feel, it yeah. feels crazy. But like, and yet if we I kind read of... my Bible, then you will give me my daily bread. No. I mean, yeah, like, yes, read your Bible, but it, <laughs> it should be a. 
oh, my mom loves me. She takes care of me. I understand her love. And from that place, I'm happy to do my chores because it's honoring to my mom. Or you know what I mean. And I always want to look back to the word. So I am going to read us a scripture out of John um, 15, 4 through 5. It says, dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me, and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in, being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whosoever lives in me, and I in him, bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from the vital union with me, you can do nothing." If we have a plant in our house and we just cut the branches off and then lay them off to the side and expect them to grow, it's not going to happen because they're not planted. They're not connected to the vine. And really our walk is the same way. We have to stay in constant connection with our Father in order to be able to live in that place of fullness. So another couple scriptures that speak to this is James 4, 8, come near to, to God and he will draw near to you. Deuteronomy 6, 5, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. And Psalms 147, 10 through 11, it says, He delights not in the strength of horse, nor does he take pleasure in the legs of man. The Lord takes pleasure in those who reverently and worshipfully fear him, in those who hope in his mercy and loving kindness. He wants to be near to us. Some of the things that as we were, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the different characteristics of a performance mindset and some of the characteristics of a connection mindset. When we are in performance, we have to do the right thing to get approval. And as I mentioned, like this has been a big one for me. I think as twos too in the Enneagram, if you know anything about the Enneagram, we do like to do things for others. We are people pleasers. Yeah. And so this has been a personal battle of finding that balance of, and I have been very unhealthy on this extreme of doing things to get acceptance and value, but also that is part of who God created me to be. So like finding that place where I like to serve others, but I don't need to serve others to be validated. Yeah, I love the Lord with my whole heart, but I don't have to perform in order to receive his love. Yeah. You know? If you have a, a performance mindset, you receive love when you have earned it. Modification of bef- behavior is happening so that you can measure up. So if, if, you know, maybe if I do that better or maybe if next time I show up for more things, then I can measure up. I can be enough. Another performance mindset, comparing with others. How much are they doing versus how much are you doing with all the social media, mm-hmm. all the things? It is so easy, even in our spiritual walks, to look at someone else on Instagram or on wherever on the social, and man, they just are so much closer to the Lord, or they do this so much better. Yeah. That like, look at their scripture reel. Wow, yeah. we've really been in their Bible, <laughs> and it, it's easy just to fall into that performance. Well, yeah, th- especially that comparison drives you further into performance, because say that you see somebody, someone posts. Oh, I'm fasting every morning for the next month. You're like, oh, well, okay. Clearly they have a lot of followers and their life is blessed and they're fasting. So that's the formula. Therefore, I should also fast. Da, 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 da. And it's like, no, like that's not yeah. necessarily what the Lord's asking you to do. I think what we have to all face on the daily. I yes. find myself sometimes just 
just choosing to put the phone away to silence the false expectations. Yeah, the noise. Another performance mindset is lies dictate what we do. When we believe, again, the whole performance mindset is based out of a lie that if we do enough, we will measure up or we do something in order to gain approval. A performance mindset is my actions result in response Yes. or my actions result in love. Where if you have a connection mindset, it's I receive love and then I respond in action. Yes. So when we are accepted, we understand fully that we receive love and we respond. If we have a characteristics of a connection mindset, we know that we are accepted and loved just the way we are. Facts are not always truth. Mm. This is a big one. Talk about it. <laughs> Fact is... Um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, Okay. A fact might be I did not read my Bible today. But (laughs) so the truth could, well, I'm confusing myself now. No, it's okay. No. So like, or even uh, a fact about, okay, here, here, I got it. A fact is I messed up. Yep. But the lie that comes from that fact is I am a mess up. Right. I have screwed everything up. Yep. When the truth is I made one mistake, but now I am cleaning up my mess. That's great. So perfect. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I know we have that an makes example. More sense than, I mean, yeah. So facts are not always truth. Understanding it's not about being sinless, it's about being blameless. Yes. Do you have anything you want to say? Well, it, I was, it was making me think of The Chosen. Yeah. If, you've wa- if you haven't watched that, you should go and watch that because it is, it's amazing. They add um, things other than the Bible than, than what's in there, obviously, for context um, and to make it a show. But there's a spot where Mary of Magdalene, I think, one of the disciples, well, not official disciples, but she's following Jesus. In the beginning, she was like, had demons <laughs> and the Lord set her free. And then later on down the road, she has an encounter with a man who is like oppressed or possessed, whatever, Mm -hmm. with demons. And then she kind of like freaks out and then runs away and goes back to a bar. And because that was kind of like her past. And then she comes back, like the two of the other disciples go and find her. They bring her back to Jesus. And she's like full of shame. And she's like, oh, I can't believe it. Like I'm following you. And I made all these mistakes. And he's like, oh, did you really not think that you would ever mess up again? No. Remember, I have made you new, but you still have to get rid of, like, you still have to learn how to work out these old patterns. Yeah. So when I think of this, it's like understanding, I am not Jesus, so I will probably sin again. Yes. But it's, I am not, like, I'm blameless. I am covered by the blood of the spotless lamb. So... It is, am I quick to repent and come back to connection and come back to your blood covers me? I'm asking for your mercy again. Another characteristic of a connection mindset is confident to just to sit with him. Mm. His truth shapes who we are. Yeah. Um, this makes me think of the story of Mary and Martha in Luke 10. Ma- Martha was performing to receive acceptance. She was a doer. <laughs> And I can sometimes relate to Martha because I've been a doer, but I've been asking the Lord to make me more of a Mary and I'm learning to be more. 
Mary understood the value of connection and being with Jesus. She came out of the demands of the expectation to sit at his feet. She understood the value of being with him. And how many times we have to quiet our mind, quiet our schedule. And it it may just be for a few moments. If you're a mom and you're like, I, I don't have time to just be, this can look different for every person. You know, um, it's about a posture of the heart. It's about um, a mindset of wanting to stay connected with the father. And I really truly believe, and I have been a mom of young kids, obviously now my kids are grown, but I remember those days where I'm like rocking you or Jaden and just like feeling the chaos swirling around and yet just closing my eyes and saying, Lord, I need to connect with you right now. I need to know your presence. I need to know that you are near. Would you just come near to me right now? And in that moment, it could have been a a two-minute, you know, conversation with the Lord, but I could sense his presence and his peace come. He's available whenever we are ready. Like he is there waiting. It's not a, oh, can I schedule a time with you, Lord? Like yeah. he's he's with us. It's so true. And I think there is something to be said. Obviously, there's discipline. So mm-hmm. please hear our hearts. We're not saying, don't ever read your Bible. Correct. Just have these little connection moments and you'll be fine. No, please read your Bible. But even for me, I have been in a season of, I've been privileged to have several hours alone in my house with the Lord. I have had hours of to be able to watch sermons and like read the word and whatever. And I'm, I'm treasuring that time because I know later down the road, if there's kids, like it won't be this way. Yeah. But even recognizing, okay, so I got used to this rhythm of like, I have all these hours with you. Mm-hmm. And then we went on a trip and I don't have all these hours with him in the day. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to punch everyone in the face. Because <laughs> it's just like, oh, I didn't realize how much I, you, you're, you're in this place because I have all these hours. So maybe I, I did not have the five hours in a day to listen to a sermon the whole day or to be in this like raw worship, raw praying out loud. But it was even, okay, I'm getting really overwhelmed and I'm feeling myself move out of the grace of his love. I'm going to go to the bathroom really quick and I'm going (laughs) to sit there and I'm going to say, I'm going to close my eyes and go, Jesus, I know you are the same God at home that you are here at this event, that you are here in this state. Can Would you show me your tangible presence even right now for a second so that I can stay in this tender place with you? Okay. And then I would go back out and then like an hour later. That's why you were in the bathroom. Yeah, that's why I was in the bathroom. No, so then there's like another hour where like, I'm like, oh, that conversation just rubbed me the wrong way. Even sitting at the table, I'm going to close my eyes for a second. It might look like I'm sleeping. That's fine. (laughs) I need 10 seconds to go, Lord, I'm feeling the ache in my spirit of I wish that I had three hours with you today, but I don't. Yeah. So would you in your grace show up for me as if I've had three hours with you? Yeah. So it's like taking... Just realizing, connecting with him, does it needs to be in secret, yes, but it can also be mm. in these little moments, like you're saying. If you're a mom and you only have three minutes, yeah. maybe let the religious devotional go for one second and yep. stare at his face and ask him what he thinks of you. And I think you will be more changed in that moment than if you were to read your sweet devotional. Not that yeah. those can't be impactful, but... Yeah, and those times are valuable and important, but... I also know there have been seasons of, especially of motherhood, where the baby's crying, the toddler's running around, dinner needs to be had, the laundry's piling up, 
in it, it's learning how to ebb and flow in those seasons in a way that you can stay connected with the Lord. And I honestly, one of the best places that I connect with the Lord is in front of my kitchen sink while I'm doing dishes. And I've even just asked the Lord and invited him in to show me when I am shifting to a performance mindset. And there have been seasons where I'm like, oh, I so frustrated doing these dishes and no one's offering to help me. And like, I start to get into this, like, uh, it becomes a performance thing. Like I'm performing to do these dishes for my family so that, you know, and I just hear the Lord say, why don't you turn this into praise and thankfulness for your family (laughs) that you, you know, and in that moment, even in my thankfulness and like saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you for my husband. Thank you for my daughter and this isn't recent this is when you guys were younger but just like sorry i'll do the dishes (laughs) (laughs) but turning that just that slight variation of like mindset into thankfulness and then suddenly i'm thanking the lord for what he's done in my life and it's like oh that's better i'm reconnected with the source i understand the value of just even the daily chores and i'm so grateful for an opportunity to love this family and what you've done. And then it, it it's like that reconnection comes very quickly. Yes. Well, I think you can let performance block your encounters for the whole day. Mm-hmm. Like if you let your performance thought, if you don't take it captive, it's like, okay, the morning goes by. It doesn't go as planned. You don't get to sit down and have your devotional time. Instead of coming to him in this way some people feel shame because they're like oh well I didn't spend time with him so then now I can't talk to him all day because I didn't sit down and do xyz so I think it's also giving yourself grace and realizing he loves to come and show up yeah and you can come to him with hey I'm really sorry I didn't have time this morning to sit down like can I worship you in the car and later I will read my bible like you know yeah this is the most important step of, of connection versus performance. When we are connected to the Lord, I truly believe every other area in our life will come into, into fullness and it will be, you know, in sync with where it needs to be. But I want to talk briefly just about connecting with ourselves. And this is one that um, I've struggled with for years, to be honest. I, because I was such a performer, I put a lot of pressure on myself, but also in the pressure I did not allow myself to experience emotion. I stuffed a lot. Some of that's from childhood trauma and some things that happened that I did not even know how to connect with myself. I didn't even understand that that was a real thing. But in my adult life in the last year or so, God has really been showing me just the value of how he created me. Um, And that is with emotion. And that does not mean that Our emotions can just have free reign over us at all. I'm not saying that, but God created us to have emotion. He created us to have feelings, a willingness to connect with ourselves, with others, and with God. Our feelings are not dictators. They are indicators of something else. Yes. I have a great illustration for this. Okay, great. That I learned while I was at Bethel. So it is if you imagine emotions should be the check engine lights in your car they should not be the one who's behind the driver's wheel oh that's good so oh check engine oh i'm sad about something let me go deal with that yeah not oh sadness is running me around like so that's putting god in that driver's seat and then realizing that when the check engine light comes on it's an indicator of something yeah that's good 
I've been recently reading um, a book called Untangle Your Emotions by Jenny Allen. And it's a silly or simple little thing, but she was just explaining God has emotion. And I was like, oh, duh. Like, I've just never, I guess, thought of that aspect and that nature of the Lord. I I know, I know it, but I just hadn't, I don't know, it just hit me differently this time. He feels happy about what he created. He was disappointed at his creation's rebellion, his delight with Abraham and David and others that followed him. And Isaiah refers to Jesus as a man of sorrow acquainted with grief, even just knowing how much God showed compassion toward humanity throughout the Bible. I just was like, I don't know why that blew my mind so much, but I was like, yeah, he does. Like, Again, our emotions are a gift from the Lord, but Mm -hmm. we have to continually stay connected to him, be submitted to him in his way and his will. And when we are in Christ, then he gives us wisdom even in how to work through it. Doesn't it's not just a a free-for-all like, oh well, I'm angry, I can say whatever I want because God gave me this emotion. Like, no, the Bible gave us the fruits of the spirit as well. I think it's submitting that emotion to the Lord, bringing, you know, Jesus, Holy Spirit, however you want to address. They're all the same. But, like, Holy Spirit, would you meet me here in this sadness and show me what this is trying to teach me? Yeah. And go from there. Yeah. Emotions are not a sin, but sometimes how we handle them, that is what matters. You know, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. In Psalm 38, we have a place that we can connect with our Father to bring our emotions and feelings and even allow Him into those places, surrendering our hearts to Him, every part of us. Performance creates a behavior modification. And for me, that included stuffing my emotions. It was exhausting (laughs) to not be able to feel. And it's, I'm in the season now where I'm like, okay, Lord, Wow, I feel sad. <laughs> I, I don't know why I feel sad. Would you, would you, Holy Spirit, come and just show me and help me sit in this sadness, allow my body to process this sadness, and how quickly Holy Spirit comes and brings revelation and wisdom, but then also brings freedom. And here's the thing, if you can't experience, it's not like if you can't experience one emotion, so if you can't experience sadness or like for me, I was stuffing. So not only did I not experience sadness, anger or whatever, I couldn't experience joy either. It's not a, you can experience this, but not that. You, If you are stuffing or numbing, you don't feel any of it. True. So this part of my heart was so desperate to feel joy and to feel happiness. And I, it, I felt nothing. I remember Um, very distinctly, one of my closest friends was coming. She had lived near us and then they had moved away um, to Colorado. And so she was coming back to visit. And I remember thinking, man, I should be so excited. Like we had so much fun together and I felt nothing. And it really bothered me that I, I literally just couldn't even, Hmm. you know, experience the joy. And again, because I didn't even know how to connect with myself to allow the Lord to like speak to my heart. I just was completely numb to every experience. Everything that God's put inside of us is for the purpose of connection with him. So our emotions, when they are partnered with him and his wisdom brings freedom. Um, I know I mentioned this before, even Galatians 5, 16 through 14, we are to walk by the spirit. So again, it's not a free for all. No, 
Do you have anything else you want to say on that? I was just thinking of uh, an experience I had with my husband. And I think I'm the other end where I was a stuffer, mm-hmm. I think. But then I went, okay, I learned about my emotions. And then I let them be in the driver's seat a little uh, bit. Yeah. Or I let them lead me. And so when I would get frustrated or feel sad, I would turn to Jordan and I would like make this whole thing. Like we'd have this whole discussion. Like I basically would say, oh, this one frustration I'm feeling, you're not doing this, 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 or, you know, just kind of create problems. And then now living submitted to the Holy Spirit, it's, I am pissed as hell. (laughs) And do I want to talk to the Lord right now? No, I don't. But it's like, I have a more sensitivity to go Jordan, Jordan's used to, oh, what's wrong? Let's talk about it. Because he's used yeah. to me like uh, talking in circles. And I was like, you know what, babe? I'm actually going to, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit about it first because I don't actually think it has anything to do with you. Right. <laughs> and so I like closing my oh, eyes wise. and just sitting there and going like, Holy Spirit, why do I feel frustrated? And in the end, it was actually a feeling of disappointment I was feeling towards the Lord. It wasn't even at Jordan. So then me going, okay, let me go away and deal with this with the Lord and talk to him rather than dragging you through the mud and trying to figure out why I feel this way and what you have done to make me feel this way. So, yes, it's a lot easier when you're submitted to the Holy Spirit. You will create less strife in your friendships and in your relationships. Yeah. And that really takes me to the third, which we kind of already sort of meandered into anyways. It's just really connection with our spouse or with our friends. Not to sound like a broken record, but when we are out of connection with the Lord, that spills over into every other area in our lives, and especially even in our marriage. Um, I know I had put my identity for many years in my husband and even his value of me, and that became very much a performance mindset of, well, then if I, because I'm a doer, I'm like, okay, well, if I do this, this, and this for you, and I've cleaned the house and I've cooked meals and I, I do, 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 like constantly, <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah, do, that's about what I felt my brain, then you will love me and accept me the way that I need to be loved and accepted. But reality was I was not finding my identity in Christ first and foremost. So no matter what I did and no matter what he did, it was never going to fulfill me or bring me into that place of acceptance because my identity as a daughter of the most holy one of the Lord was not in place and it was not at the forefront of my relationships. And so I actually had to knock my husband off the pedestal. I had put him even like, okay, now you have to perform because I'm performing. I need you to do this so I can, you know, have this. Like it put a lot of pressure on him, and which really wasn't his job to do. Yeah. If you're in a performance mindset with the Lord, this will spill over, like we said, into relationships. If I do X, Y, Z for my husband, then maybe he'll get me flowers. Maybe he'll love me. Often, I'll say, I'll speak for me personally. A lot of disagreements and arguments that Jamie and I have had in the past have been because of due to a lack of connection with one another. Somewhere along the way, we had experienced emotional disconnection. So whether it was being stuck in the performance mindset or just even um, lack of time spending together, all of those things turned into performance. And then I'm looking for validation in all the wrong places. Questions maybe to ask yourself. Um, when you feel disconnected with 
your spouse? These are some maybe questions that come up in our mind. Can I count on you? Do you value and accept me? Do you know me and see me? Again, when we see our value is in Christ, when we know that we are known by Christ, these things are secondary. Yeah. <laughs> I think, You're smiling. I'm like, what you I got think to say? those those are what come up in an unhealthy place. Yes. Just to be clear. Yes. Thank you. Like, for- <laughs> so when you are disconnected from the Lord and also your spouse, then yeah. it's, can I, can I depend on you? Do you accept me? Do you yeah. know me? Do you see me? When really that stuff should come from the Lord first. Yeah. And if you're connected in there, then obviously like we're not saying all you have to do is be connected to the Lord and then everything else yes. is just easy because relationships do take work and there yes. are things to work out. Obviously like if your husband is not answering your phone calls all the time or like dropping the ball on stuff, you're not going to be able to feel like you could depend on him. Right. But it's that core. I am connected and valued by the Lord. And then out of that place, how can I see my friend spouse as someone who is also created by the Lord and how can we connect in that place? That's good. I think too, being intentional with your spouse, if you just get go on carrying on, doing life without connecting with one another, it becomes very disconnected very quickly. And without some intentionality behind that, you're not going to just stay connected, you know, conversations. We have some rules of engagement, some things that we've recently created that just help us to stay connected. One, it's just being mindful. Have we spent time talking and and it's time that whether it's 10 minutes before we go to bed or an intentional coffee or date night, where we can talk about us, we can talk about what we are feeling, what we are processing, you know, just being able to connect with one another and say, hi, how are you? What are you doing? How are you doing? You know, so some rules of engagement. And first and foremost, I would say inviting Holy Spirit into this process with you as you do this. He is the giver of all wisdom in Proverbs 2, 6 through 11. So within the rules of engagement is creating safety for one another. We need to create a sense of safety for the person we're building with. And this is like what we talked about last week with cultivating a thriving home, creating a space for your spouse to come in and feel like they can hang their armor up and not that they have to armor up to be with you. And this, my counselor had shared that with Jamie and I, and it was like, oh, such a good analogy. (laughs) Um, And that's really helped us like, oh, am I creating a place of safety or am I creating a place of judgment that's making you feel like you have to perform? Mm -hmm. Breaking past negative patterns. Are we seeking connection and responding supportively or recognizing that what we've been doing maybe is causing the connection to be severed? You know, so a lot of self-reflection in that moment. Communicate with clarity. What do we have to be able to communicate in order for our partner, whether it's with a friend, to know what we need, how we connect, what do they need, you know, asking that question. And really at the heart of all of this, it's we all value and want to be seen and known. Mm -hmm. And when we are seen and known by the Lord, we're seen and known by those we love and even acceptance of ourselves for who yeah. God's created us to be. I also feel like it is, because I'm thinking about, okay, the Lord fills all of, you should fill all the gaps in your life. Yeah. 
But that doesn't mean that then in a marriage there aren't certain needs that are met. Right. So I just thought of, okay, well, I am seen by the Lord. That fills, that is the meat of this meal. Yeah. That the Lord sees me. Anything else from my family, from my spouse, is like a cherry on top of the meal. So then it's instead of you acting like you're starving and being like, oh, my (laughs) husband just saw, like, understood me so well. Wow. And like kind of feasting on it. It's more, wow, that was, that was a really sweet little cherry on top of, I, I already felt really seen by the Lord today, but now how even sweeter that I feel seen by my husband. Yeah. Like to me, I also feel like everything you're talking about with um, rules of engagement, connecting with each other. It is the small victories and the small moments that build relationship with the Lord and with uh, a person. So it's like those small victories of I shut off my phone and I spent 10 minutes with the Lord. I got up and the first thing I did was worship. I got frustrated and the first thing I did was pray. Those are the things that build up this connection with the Lord. And then anything else, powerful encounters in a service or you know, prophetic dreams, words are big glory moments. And that makes me think of in a relationship. Yeah. The small, we spent 10 minutes talking about our day when we got home. We um, put our phones away when we had breakfast together. Yeah. We make sure we hugged each other on the way past. Those are the small things that build the relationship. And then the big date nights and the big anniversary trips are like cool moments. But it's the little day-to-day things that like really sustain connection. Yes. I think also, I just was thinking a lot about this. Ladies, we it can easy to nitpick a little bit. Well, he didn't pick up his plate from the table or he didn't pick up his socks. Does it really matter? <laughs> Does it? Like, no. for years I thought it did, to be honest. Like, I was an, I was an, a uh, professional nitpicker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I'm in a season where I'm like, you know what? It actually doesn't matter. And it doesn't mean you don't have the conversations like, hey, babe, I don't know if you know this, but like it really frustrates me when you don't pick up your socks. But there is time and a place for that when you are connected, then you can you can have those conversations out of love rather yeah. than out of frustration. Because really then what you're saying is I need you to perform a certain way to not yeah. frustrate me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's moving to a place of gratitude. Yeah. Thank the Lord that I have a husband yeah. that leaves his socks everywhere. I spent years praying for this husband, like yeah. from that place or also realizing, say your husband comes home and you have the first 10 minutes to set the tone for the rest of the evening. Yeah. If you're coming at him, oh, you left your socks on the ground again. Oh, your towel's on the bed and it's wet. Da, 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 da. You've now just or your severed kids connection. are misbehaving. Yeah, like you've just <laughs> severed connection for the whole evening because he's yeah. like, oh, okay, she's coming at me. I don't really want to talk to her. Or if you're like, babe, I'm so happy that you're home. Tell me about your day. Yeah. That's it. You talk, whatever. And then later in the night, hey, I don't know if you remember, but like your socks everywhere like kind of irritates me a little bit. Like I didn't know if you could maybe just think about yeah. picking those up. <laughs> well, I've, I've also recently been like, what matters more? Keeping connection or proving a point. Yes. <laughs> and there are just some things. And I've actually, like the first few times it was hard. I'm like biting my tongue. But then I was like, actually, there's such joy in going, walking away going, you know what? Our connection is so strong right now that this stuff is really just so petty, honestly. Like, why did I think it was such a big deal? 
So great. I'll pick up your coffee mug you left on the, you know, on the dining room table and put it in or whatever. I will switch the laundry or take out the garbage. Like, again, it's just everything comes in perspective. So in the end, our challenge to you is this week to recognize where you might have performance mindset and surrender that to the Lord and recognize that connecting with him first needs to feed you but then will also make the rest of your life that much easier yeah um we'd love to hear from you if this feels hard if you have more questions about this performance mindset we both have a lot of experience with it you can head over to our instagram at thehomeproject.co and message us on there you can also hop over to our website um thehomeproject.co and put your email in and be a part of the community so that you can stay up to date with what's going on Thank you for listening and stay tuned for next week's episode.